0: We're talking about how that Jesus is your healer. We've talked about the importance of living under the light and sound of the Word of God. We've talked a lot about how that faith is the determining factor in people who we have record of in the Word of God that receive their healing. It's always faith. So I want to just continue on in this today and open your Bibles to Isaiah 53. Isaiah chapter 53, we're going to start in verse 1 today. Isaiah 53 verse 1. This is one of the few chapters in the Bible where all major theologians agree that this is the messianic chapter. This is all about Jesus. They won't debate that in any way, which is awesome. So let's look at this. So this is the Messianic chapter in the Bible. This outlines what Jesus did as he redeemed us from the curse of the law. So it starts out, notice how it starts out in verse 1. It says, who hath believed our report? This word report in the Hebrew language literally would be, who has believed our announcement? Who has believed our doctrine. What is what, what is he talking about? He's talking about the report that was given to them by God through his prophets. He's saying, who, who's believed it? And then it goes on to say, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is always in Scripture a type of the power of God. In other words, what God is saying is the power of God will be revealed to those that choose to believe the report. In verse 1 of the great redemptive chapter, it talks about, it mentions the first thing is you have to choose to believe. In your whole life, everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. From Deuteronomy 30, 19, where God says, I set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he says, now choose life that both you and your children or your seed may live. So then in verse two, he says this, for he, now he's talking about Jesus, the Messiah, for he shall grow up before him. Before who? Before God the Father. Jesus shall grow up before God the Father as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He, talking about Jesus, has no form. This word form in the Hebrew language means outward beauty. You know when you see these movies about Jesus, he's this good-looking Swedish guy. You know, many times with the long hair or or just a really you know handsome guy. That wasn't Jesus. There was no outward beauty or comeliness. This word comeliness in the Hebrew language it talks about. The, it, there was no he he had no of his godly glory, no of his no splendor no majesty. He laid all that down when he came and he took upon himself flesh. There was no form, no outward beauty, no godly, divine glory, splendor, majesty. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So that's Jesus, okay? Verse 3. He is despised. This Greek word or this Hebrew word means he's disrespected and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. It's a little hidden in English. This Hebrew word sorrows means a man that is acquainted with pains. Pain. Physical pain. He's acquainted with pains. Are you hurting today? Do you have pain in your body? Jesus knows what that feels like. Because he was acquainted with it. And it says, in a, in, I'm sorry, he was a man of sorrows, a man of pains, and acquainted. This, this Hebrew word means experienced with grief. Again, only place in the Bible that this Hebrew word is translated grief in every other place, it means that he experienced sickness. Okay? You've got you to understand this. Notice, it's interesting how the first thing it mentions about Jesus is that he, he was a man of pains and he experienced Sickness. Now, does that mean he was walking around on the earth sick and in pain? Nope. We have no record of that. When did all this happen? This is talking about him on the cross. That pain you might have in your hip or your knee, guess what? He felt it. That sickness that might be plaguing your body, guess what? He bore it. That's what it's talking about here. It says, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. Again, it's the Hebrew word means he was disrespected. And we esteemed him not. That means we regarded him not. We didn't regard him. The people were ridiculing him when he was being crucified. Yes. And he did all of that for a purpose. The Bible says... He, the Bible literally says that there were legions of angels. Now, I don't know, every time an angel ever reveals its, himself to mankind all through Scripture, they say two words to start the conversation. Fear not. Right? Everybody thinks all these demons and fallen angels are bad. You should see God's angels. You don't want to mess with them. Right? So, so there's legions of them. Could you imagine... All he would have had to do is say, you know what, I'm done with this. And and Jesus would have been out of here and we'd be lost forever. But the the New Testament tells us that for the joy that was set before him, he endured what we're talking about. He despised the shame. He not only died for your sin, he died for the shame that's associated with sin. He died for your sicknesses and diseases and pains, he died for your poverty and lack. All of it. You can't separate it. There's no separation here. So let's keep going with this. this so we're getting a description of Jesus on the cross. Now look at verse 4. It says, Surely. This, this Hebrew word is so strong, it literally means without question, It means absolutely, it means truly. This is not a filler word. This this is a word from God. God has no filler words. In other words, He is wanting to show you something. Right? God wanted us to know that healing is part of redemption And I want you to notice how healing is mentioned before the forgiveness of sins. It's mentioned first. So why do we have such a problem with healing, but we don't have any problem with forgiveness of sins? Because for over 300 years, people have preached forgiveness of sins, but not healing. Everything can be reversed as you get in the Word of God and renew your mind to His Word. God wanted us to know that healing is a part of redemption. Surely, He has borne our griefs. Here we have this word griefs again. Interesting, it's the Hebrew word kholi. K-H-O-L-E-E. Every time it's translated, What? sickness every time talking about physical sickness and physical disease in other words God saying without question absolutely truly what he Jesus hath borne. now this word born means to bear away the punishment of another in other words if, if, if this is he if this is sickness Jesus, it was put on him and he bore it away. He took it away. In other words, he took all of it away. Isn't that good news? Surely he's borne our griefs or he's borne our sickness and disease and carried our sorrows. This is again the Hebrew word macabre. Every time in the Old Testament... It's always translated, always, pains. Never translated, sorrows. So, why did the translator do that? Every translation is based, number one, on the, the translator's knowledge of the language, but number two, it, it, it's based on what they believe. Or their paradigm of God. These translators in King James, they, they, they just they deviated from what, what the scripture said. So they put griefs and sorrows instead of sickness and pain. But, but I love, this is why I love the King James Version, because it's a word-for-word translation. And now you don't have to be a Greek or Hebrew scholar. You have a little app on your phone, and you have little tools that you could look these words up. And look at every scripture, you could tell the meaning of it. It's like in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, it says, God made man a little lower than the angels, which made total sense to that translator. But that translator had problems because he knew the, the Hebrew word Elohim did not mean angel. But in his mind, he's going, but I can't say he made man a little lower than God. But that's what it says. Always know that your experience or your lack of experience does not determine what God's Word says. Don't ever, don't ever make doctrine out of what your experience has told you or your lack of experience. Because God is always good. That's what He says. God heals. Well, how did He do it? Well, surely Jesus bore Yours and my sickness, and he carried away our pains. That's what, that's what this redemptive chapter says. Yet we did esteem or regard him stricken. Stricken means one striking another. He another struck Jesus when he was on the cross. Yet we did regard him or esteem him stricken, smitten. This Hebrew word means beaten and wounded of God. What? God the Father, who over and over again it talks about how much he loves the Son. Yet. He literally, it's from Scripture, says he struck him, he wounded him, he beat him with the root and cause of all sickness, disease, and pain. Wow. Why? Because the wages of sin is death, somebody has to pay. God is the righteous judge of all the earth. Now, why did he do that? Well, you have to see the love of God in it. He literally sent his son Jesus for this purpose. And Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, said, Father, I'll go. Now, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, Father, if there's any way... I can redeem mankind without this. Take this cup from me. But then look at what he said. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. In other words, there was no other way for you and I to be redeemed than for this to happen to Jesus. Now, if you go a little deeper and you study Isaiah, the, Isaiah says in looking at Jesus on the cross... It says prophetically, to look at his visage, that means his physical form, you could not tell he was human. So what this means is when all the weight and all the judgment of all the spiritual, demonic oppression, all the curse of the law was put on him, it, we don't even know what that would have done to him. But we know this, it twisted his physical body so much, you couldn't tell he was even a human being. To the point where the Roman centurion, when he died, the way he died and everything that happened, he said, surely this man is the Son of God. Wow. Now, the reason why I'm really going into this is we need to hear this. And renew our mind to it because sickness and disease because of what it's saying here has no legal right in your body I don't care what it is pain well yeah but you don't understand the doctor showed me he showed me or she showed me I see why the pain is there I can see I can see what's going on in my body from an MRI. Okay, yeah. We don't deny that report. That is not the final report, though. This is the final report. Lamb of God. Come on. So so this is this is how important this is to God. This is mentioned before the, before the forgiveness of sin. Wow. So it says here, he was stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. So, as we look at this, we see that healing, physical healing, deliverance from sickness, disease, and pain, is a part of redemption. It's just... In other words, just as much as Jesus died for your sins, he died for your sickness and pain, and just as much, he died for your poverty and lack. You can't separate them. Look at this in verse 5. But he was wounded. That means he was pierced, he was profaned, and he was defiled for our transgressions. Our transgressions. Now, if you study the Hebrew word transgressions, this has within it Adam's sin that we were born into. That has within it spiritual death. He was wounded. He was pierced, profaned, and defiled for Adam's sin that we were born into. He was bruised. This means he was crushed and oppressed for our iniquities. This is talking about our personal sins. Not just Adam's sin that brought spiritual death into the world. This is a complete work. Also, our personal sins. Isn't that good news? Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Noticed he was pierced profaned and defiled for our personal sins 2,000 years ago, way before you and I were ever born. So should we ever let a sinful or unrighteous behavior ever move us anymore? Romans tells us that he condemned all All sin in the body of Jesus, which is what this is talking about. So we have from Old Testament to New Testament this picture. It says here, he was bruised for our iniquities. Now look at this, the chastisement. This word, Hebrew word, means the penalty or the restraint. Look at this, of our peace was upon him. The restraint or the penalty of our peace. This is the Hebrew word shalom. It literally means the thing that was restraining prosperity, because that's what that word means. The thing that was restraining health, the thing that was restraining success and victory. From coming to you, all of that was put on him. Do you see how we have included sickness and disease, sin, and poverty and lack, all of it, welfare, success, you want to be a success in life, the thing that was restraining you from being a success was put on him victory oh why do you why does your father why can he always cause you to triumph in christ this is the victory that overcomes the world it's our faith what do do you mean our faith the fact that we simply believe what this says oh don't don't think you're not victorious or successful yeah but pastor you don't know man i've been living don't don't worry about that forget that and then start following your shepherd. Because because the Lord is your shepherd, you won't diminish, decrease, you won't lack anything because he's your shepherd. He paid it. He carried it all for you. Oh, I hope this is exciting you as much as it's exciting me. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with... Now, in, it literally, in the Hebrew language, it, it should read, and by... His stripes. This word stripes is a little vague because it literally in the Hebrew language means his bruise. We are healed. Interesting. This, it has to, see, it has to, it, it, for it to say, use this Hebrew word that means bruise, that means the beating that Jesus took before He went to the cross. If you could see one mark that could be distinguished from another mark, it couldn't have used this Hebrew word. It would have had to been a plural word. This was a singular word. Jesus paid the price which did something about sin on the cross. Jesus paid the price which did something about sickness and disease and pain on the cross. Jesus did something on the cross that took care of poverty and lack. Now jump down to verse 10. It says here, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased God the Father to bruise To smite and crush. This word bruise means to smite and crush. It gives you a picture of one complete mass of torn flesh. It pleased God to do that. Why? Because when you find out you're diagnosed with something, you now have access to healing for your body. It's never over for you as a Christian. You can now live long on the earth and declare His works. Not only live long, but live strong. Why? Because the curse of sin, when Adam sinned, and sin entered the world, and then here comes death, and the result of this now is where you see all sickness and all disease all poverty, all lack, all of it, that was all taken care of on the cross. All of it. Man, when you renew your mind to that, you will start to see in your spirit, man, that wait a minute. I'm not the sick trying and hoping for God to heal me. I am the healed. And now all these symptoms have to leave my body because Jesus bore them. That's what we're talking about. Jesus is your healer. Oh, it's not about, man, if I just pray more, if I just do this more. No, no, it's all about him. It's all about him. Keep that in mind. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him see if you li- literally could tell one mark from another it would have had to have been a different hebrew word he talking about god hath put him jesus to grief again it's the word sickness so isaac lesser His version is the only Bible that is recognized by Orthodox Jews as a proper uh, translation that goes from Hebrew to English. In his his rendering of this scripture, Isaac Lesser's translation says, he hath put him to grief. It literally reads in the Isaac Lesser translation, he hath made him sick. How did he do that? He... Put on Jesus all of the weight and all of the judgment of all sickness, disease, pain, poverty, lack, sin, curse of the law. It was all put on Jesus. And Jesus paid it all. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. It's amazing when you look at Paul's writings. In the book of Galatians, I think it's either 43 or 46 times it literally talks about the cross. It literally Paul is going, "We need see the cross for a Christian. We wear it as jewelry." But you know, that was looked at. It was despised in Jesus day. In in, in the Romans these historians wrote, they don't even want people to look at that, think about it. It was despised. It was the most horrible way to die. But for us, it shows our way of life. We're to never forget what happened on that cross. Why? So that we realize, listen, we've been, we've been made free. Hello. That's what that represents. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus paid the price for sickness and disease... In the same way, he paid the price for sin. Now, you've got to renew your mind to this. Because if you've had a condition a long time, and it's not getting better, it's getting worse, or it's just not changing, and you have no example that it could ever change, that pales in comparison to what this says. Because the Word of God is truth. God placed the punishment of sin and sickness on Jesus. In other words, Jesus was our substitute. Therefore, healing literally belongs to us. You already own all the healing that you'll ever need in this life. You stub your toe tonight when you're going to the bathroom, whatever, all of it, from that to a debilitating disease, it, it, it doesn't matter. All of it, healing, you own it. And all you have to do is reach out with faith, which comes only by hearing God's Word and, and lay hold of it. God gave, Like we sang it, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But He gave it to me. And now it's a matter of me embracing and grabbing hold with His faith that comes to my heart as I hear His Word To, to literally receive and take possession with the faith that comes by hearing His Word of what He's provided by His grace. That's what it's all about. Jesus was our substitute, therefore healing, prosperity, forgiveness of sins, freedom from depression, anxiety, fear, all the results of the curse of the law. It's all because of Jesus. We're free from it. Jesus was made sin so that we could be made the very righteousness of God. Jesus was made sick so that we could be healed and made whole. Jesus was made poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich. That word rich literally means a full and overflowing supply. That's God's will. Isn't that good news? So now, let's jump, and we've looked at this before. If you'll notice, even in this series, we've looked at this before, but do you notice how we're going a little deeper into it today? So now go over to Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. And the reason why we're looking at this is because this scripture is the Holy Spirit's commentary on Isaiah 53. Verse 4 and 5. It's the commentary. It says, When the evening was come, this is Matthew 8, 16, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Notice, all that were sick. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled. So now let's look at the Greek language Because this Greek word and phrase that it might be fulfilled, in the literal Greek rendering, it would read, that the fulfilling could begin. He healed all that were sick, that the fulfilling could begin. This Greek word denotes a beginning, not an ending. So you can't say, well, see, it was fulfilled 2,000 years ago at that scripture with those people. No, no, that's when it began to be fulfilled. Jesus Christ is the same today. He's still teaching, preaching, and healing. He's doing it right now. His Spirit is bringing revelation to your hearts, if you're hungry and have ears to hear, of this truth. He's still healing today. What do you mean by that? Listen, you believe, you receive, he performs. How can he do that? Well, he, he's already done it. So you're laying hold of it. He'll see to it that it comes to pass in your life. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by, it says Isaiah. that's the Greek word for Isaiah. The prophet saying himself took our infirmities. This means our sicknesses, our diseases, our weaknesses, and our feebleness. And bear our sicknesses. Again, this Hebrew or this Greek word means diseases and sicknesses. It's another rendering of it. God wanted us to know how important healing is. Think about how many people are dealing with sickness and disease today. Do you think that maybe God would know? God knew that this would be a debated issue in the church. But you got to realize that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, he redeemed us in every realm. He redeemed us in the realm of heaven. He redeemed us in the realm of earth. He redeemed us in the realm under the earth. In every realm. In other words, when Jesus said, it is finished, it was finished it's a complete work so in the new testament in the four gospels matthew mark luke and john which is really one gospel it's just four different renderings you have individual cases of healing that are showcased woman with the issue of blood the nobleman's son, right? The centurion's servant, the man with the withered hand, all of the the Syrophoenician woman's daughter, right? All of these, there's 19 of them that are showcased. These individual cases of healing in the earthly ministry of Jesus were handpicked by the Holy Spirit for us. These testimonies are relevant, A lot of things in the church are saying that there's parts of the Word of God that are not relevant. That is ignorance gone to seed. God is very relevant. These examples are timeless, which means they are for us today. There's a reason for them. These testimonies represent the will of God for all men, for all time. They were recorded Why? They were recorded to build faith for healing into our spirit man as we meditate on them. We have to build faith for healing into our spirit man. Not some of us, all of us. You might be sitting here today in your 20s and you don't even know what sickness is. But you're going to blink and you're going to be in your 50s. And 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. And maybe beyond that, if the Lord tarries, who knows, right? Yeah. But God wants you well. He wants you well. So you want to, this, this needs to be, faith for healing needs to be built into our spirit. In other words, it's not enough to read the Bible. you got to renew your mind to the Word of God. This is, this is why we teach I talk to pastors that are like, you know, I just feel like I'm supposed to teach on this subject, but I've taught on it so much, and I've got to have this exciting new dynamics series with a really cool name, so otherwise people will leave the church. But if you're a shepherd, you're going to feed. Man, I'm telling you, we can only do what God stirs us to do. But I'm, I, I, can't, I can't stress that enough. I have absolutely no fear of repetition anymore. I'll teach on the same verse for 10 years if he wants me to. Because I know this, it'll be good. You don't even want to hear a series that I want to teach on in my own strength. You'd be like crickets. Get me out of this place, right? I would be like that. I'd probably just, okay, let's just go eat lunch, right? I remember early I was ministering to a bunch of junior high guys one time it was so bad it was so funny because it's the last time that I ever felt it was bad it was so bad right in the middle of it I just said guys this is boring me all these little junior high guys are like what I'm like let's go do something we gotta, let's just go play something or whatever and we just had a great time and I went to the Lord I'm like Lord What is this? And that's the first time he really dealt with me about, don't ever step out and do what you want to do. You wait and hear from me. Right? I thought it was a really cool little message. Really cool little messages won't help you. See, we have to build faith for healing into our spirit man. In other words, what we're doing at Faith Family Church is we're building a foundation of faith and healing in our church. This is so important. Will this be all we teach about? No. We'll teach about a lot of different subjects, but will we ever, will we, will it ever not include faith? I sure hope not. If it does, don't come. That wouldn't be worth listening to, right? Because we gotta build faith. See if you're facing physical things in your body right now, realize this. Things change last on the outside. So don't look to the outside. You renew your mind to faith and healing on the inside. Because that's where it changes first. Okay? Very important. God wants to take His Word and build a subconscious image in your soul of faith and healing. Never quit. Just keep believing and keep expecting. Don't miss the supernatural because you're looking for the spectacular. Right? What do you say every time those thoughts come? This isn't working. This isn't working. It's a, that's an impossible statement, because God can't lie. That's right. when, you, when you take that thought captive by saying, "Oh, Father, I thank you, that your word is working mightily in me." Get, get used to saying that. Romans 8:11, "Father, I thank you, that the same power that bring, brought life back to Jesus' body. I mean, think about that. You couldn't tell He was human. You couldn't denote one stripe on that beating before he ever was crucified from another. And yet he came out of that tomb healed. And with the same kratos power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you and I right now, right now. And that power is... What is it doing? Quickening our mortal bodies. This word quicken means to heal, to restore, and to make whole. Wow. Absolutely the truth. So now let's look at a story. Let's go to Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. Oh Lord, help me. Luke 13, 10. It says this. And he, talking about Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Well, we know, if you look at Matthew 9.35, don't go there, just stay in Luke. Matthew 9.35 says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. The ministry of Jesus consisted of teaching, preaching, and healing. Guess what your ministry will consist of in this earth? You will teach, you will preach, and you will heal. Can't get away from it. That's what Jesus did. The only difference is greater works are we going to do, because he's now seated with the Father. The synagogues in Jesus' day were the place where people came to hear the Word of God. And this is another one of those get Jesus in trouble days where He healed on the Sabbath. Every time you read a story about Him healing on the Sabbath, you ought to scream, yell, and just run around like a crazy person because guess what? You're living in the Sabbath. Faith is a rest. The Sabbath is a rest. You laying hold of your healing means you cease from your own works and you just receive what God has given you. Oh, I'll tell you. You're going to see the greatest miracles in the history of the church happening and we're all going to be sitting here going, this is the easiest thing. It's it's as if it's just so easy to lay hold of these things. Absolutely. Because laying hold of it is just faith. Which comes from a revelation knowledge. It comes from renewing your mind. Oh, all things are possible to you if you'll just simply believe. Who has believed our report? Whoever believes the report, the power of God will be revealed to them. I love this. The Sabbath was a day of rest. Faith is a rest. We're living in the dispensation of grace. We receive everything. Starting when we got saved to everything else, we receive it by grace through faith. We must receive through faith what God has given us by His grace. So now... Jesus was teaching in this synagogue, so therefore we know it was possible for someone to have faith because Jesus was teaching, right? It's possible for you to have faith because you're hearing God's word right now. In Luke, now stay in Luke 13, but in Luke 5, verse 15, it says, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Notice they didn't come to be healed. They came to hear and be healed. Wow. Faith, Romans 10, 17, right? Comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, your faith is built as you hear. I'm in a better place today because I've heard God's word. I'm going to be in a better place tomorrow because I'm hearing it more. And He's taken me deeper in it. As a matter of fact, you could say my life is completely different yeah. simply because I've heard something from God's Word. Wow. It gave me worth, it gave me a future, it gives me hope, it gives me strength, peace, joy. It makes things unlimited to me. Nothing's impossible because now I'm not living life on a natural level. I'm living the Zoe life of God. And when I'm weak, he's strong. And if I'm a one, he's a 99. He's always the God of more than enough. See, many want healing, many want prosperity, many want deliverance, but refuse to hear. Again, hearing literally means I reverence and I honor and I respect God's word above everything else in my life to the point that I will instantly obey it, instantly believe it and obey it and act on it. When you're in that position, see, Mother Teresa said this. You've heard me say this. This, this was profound. You don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. But as you renew your mind to the Word, you realize, wow, I have all of Him. All of Him. I have all of God. I have complete access. I am the apple of His eye. So are you. Whew. Wow. I love that. So let's keep going. Verse 11. Luke 13:11 and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bowed together and in no wise and could in no wise lift herself up. Pastor Edwin, can I use you as an example? He's more flexible than I am. <laughs> what are you guys laughing about, right? So can you Look the way she would look. So she was bowed together. She could not lift her, herself up. For 18 years. That's a long time. How would you like to eat like that? So what would she have looked like? Let's say I'm the synagogue, so you're going to come to the synagogue now. What would it look like for her to come to the synagogue? Oh, Pastor, I'm too tired to come to church today. Okay. Okay, thank you, Pastor. Sweet. I didn't want to keep you too long in that condition. But could you imagine? I mean, that was making my lower back hurt just watching that. 18 years? Wow. Wow. We see this, she had a spirit of infirmity, so her condition did not come through natural causes. Her condition came through the agency of an evil spirit. In other words, an evil spirit had attached itself to her physical body. Its presence was revealed in her physical condition. Her body was bound by this spirit of infirmity. This is why... We, I'm telling you, here in our church, you're going to see a lot of medical professionals come to our church. Because they have to. They already have gifts along these lines and a desire, but there is going to be major healing ministries in the lives of all of you. Because we need to learn these things so that we know this is a spirit, this is what this is. How will we know that? by becoming sensitive to the Holy Spirit's lead. How how did Jesus know? Well, he knew because the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. So 18 years, this means it was a chronic, long-term condition. Why is this written? Because you need to know, you got to know, that God can move even when the condition has been there a long time has nothing to do with it. Healing is still yours. She couldn't lift herself up. In other words, there was a helpless paralysis and there was a deformity. She, she, couldn't, she couldn't lift herself up. But yet this lady did not, did not let her, did not stop her from coming to church. Why? Because she heard of Jesus. Wow. See, the message is this. Come to church and get help. But that's not really the message. Come to church and be entertained. Come to church, here's a big one, so you could feel better about yourself. Notice we don't have a little time clock out there. We don't have a board where you put a little gold star. right. Right? My fifth grade Sunday school teacher used to wear something on his suit. Man, I can't wait to meet this guy again. Mr. Jeter. He didn't know, but the reason why I'm in ministry today is because of a little thing he wrote in a Bible to me. But he had this little thing. Baptist. Don't ever make fun of the Baptist. I grew up Baptist. Man, they're so much more committed many times. Charismatic Christians, we're just one God-told-me-away from doing whatever we want to do. And we boldly go where no man has ever gone before, right? Right? Let me stop meddling and get back to this great message. He, he had this badge that he wore. He had, been, he had not missed a church service in something like 20-some years, which was like the Ancient of Days to me when I was like in fifth grade, right? You know, just amazing. But come and get help. Invite people to church. That's right, hey, come. There's help for you. That's right. There's life for you. God loves you. God's not out to get you. This is new to people. Start, start getting up every morning and asking, asking the Lord, open up a door for me to just pray for people, minister to people, and start asking them as the Lord leads you. Pe- people mostly, I know in my life, I'd say 80 to 90% of the time, it's, oh, thank you. you, you you'll pray for me, right? It's never, uh, no, once in a while. And if it's no, guess what you do? Oh, no problem. Well, listen, have a great day. That's right. Right? That's all. Because what's cool is, because when I leave, guess what my father's going to do? He's going to leave a fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus. Hmm, I wonder what what was... Wow, that, that person, there's no strings attached there. And the Holy Spirit's going, I love you, I love you, I love you, right? Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, even with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. See, Jesus called sickness and disease satanic oppression. Now notice in this story, Jesus did not even speak to the evil spirit. Jesus never said to her that her sin caused this to happen to her. Isn't that good? Verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Oh, come on, Jesus. Are you kidding? Pastor Edmund, I gotta use you one more time. So, so so here, so he's the he's he's the woman. Okay, no, you gotta you gotta act like her, okay? So here I am preaching. He's and he he says, Okay, woman, come here. Now come on, Jesus, why don't you just walk over to her? Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. (laughs) Why would Jesus not be that? I mean, why would he be that rude? Come on, dude. You're not bowed over. Just walk over and lay hands on her, speak to her, heal her. Why did he do that? He was, he was helping her lay hold. Wow. See, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. Young's literal translation says, And Jesus, having seen her, did call her near. In other words, Jesus required of her to come to him first. We see her faith in the fact that he came to her first. Faith is acting like God's word is true. The Word is going to tell you to do something. I can't tell you what that is, but the Word will tell you. The Spirit of God will tell you what to do. And he said to the woman, now this is awesome, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Could you imagine the people sitting there? Is he crazy? I mean, think about it. He said, woman, you are loosed while she was bowed over. Oh, but what does Jesus say to you? You are healed. Well, no, Jesus, I have pain in my butt. No, no, it's not what he says. He never, the, word never, the word never tells you you will be healed. The word always tells you you are healed. This was the daughter of Abraham. The word told her, the word is Jesus. He said, woman, you are loosed. Interesting. People get scared to death to preach this stuff. I don't understand that. Because does that make you look to me? No, no, no. You look to Jesus. He's the healer, right? Jesus took this out of the realm of time. And that's what he wants to do with you and I. Woman, you are loosed. Daughter, you are healed. Son, you are healed. Take it out of the realm of time because time will test your faith. Yeah, exactly. Satan will always try to put you into time. That's right. Have you noticed you're not getting better? What does that have to do with what God said? That's good. Right? Woman, you are loosed. Jesus said this because this was already a completed work. Faith always speaks the answer, never the problem. Faith always calls those things which be not as though they are. Faith never calls things that are as though they're not. I never walk around saying I'm not sick or I'm not hurting. I walk around saying that I'm healed. Why? Because that's what he says. Luke 4.18, don't turn there, stay in Luke 13. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. That's one of the things he says. I love Beck's translation of that statement. It says it this way, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to announce to the prisoners, you are free. Thank you, Lord. Not going to be, you are. You are. Past tense. Jesus declared her freedom, that's what he was doing here. Faith is always now. Hebrews 11.1, one, right? Now faith is. Faith calls it done when it feels like it's not done. Faith calls it paid when you have no idea where the money will come from. Faith calls you free when it still looks like you're bound. Faith opens the door for God to impart life and power into your life. That's what he does faith opens the door so that God can impart his life and his power into your spirit. It's the way it works. When you believe God's word and you put words in agreement with God's words, then the anointing of God comes that will affect what you're believing. It'll it'll bring it to pass every time. So what do I do? I say what he says. And it releases power to change my situation. It's the way it works. This is not pie in the sky. This is not some woo-woo doctrine. This is all over the Bible. Verse 13, And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made... Wait a minute. He spoke... And then he laid hands on her. Huh, interesting. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I love this. Glorified is the Greek word doxadzo. It means to honor and magnify God. Notice it didn't honor and magnify Jesus. Good Well, you know, sometimes God will... Allow sickness and disease in your life to, to just teach you something, but he'll get glory. No, no, no. Sickness and disease glorifies Satan. Right? It always healing always glorifies God. See, Jesus laid his hands on her to perform what He had already declared. Isn't that awesome? Verse 14, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. That means he was very heated and he was grieved because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and he said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. My first question is, okay, rabbi, so why for 18 years did you not heal this lady? Well, my first one would have probably been out of my flesh. Would somebody please slap that guy? Right? But then I'd get over myself and, right? Think about, could you imagine Jesus hearing that? Could you, I mean, if there was any flesh in him at all, he'd be like, Father, I know you always hear me. Can you just vaporize this dude? Get him out of my life, right? There's other rabbis around here, Right? See, it took took faith on her part to stand with Jesus when everybody else was standing against him. The ruler of the synagogue considered healing of the body to be on a lower spiritual level than things that should be done on the Sabbath day. Wow. He was saying healing's okay, but just not on this day. Hmm, interesting. Sounds like religion, doesn't it? Verse 15. The Lord then answered him and said, You hypocrite. That's awesome. Right? You pretender. You play actor. You're acting like a representative of God, but that's not who you are. Does not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, this word ought literally means, and should not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound? Lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? See, Jesus compared this woman to an animal that was in distress. Right after this story, there was another. There was actually two other times where Jesus likened a person that had physical ailments to an animal in distress. Now, this is what's really funny if you study this. The Talmud was the Jewish commentary on all of... Basically, the Talmud was the commentary to tell everybody what the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the Law of Moses, meant. Okay, The Talmud was written so that you could understand Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The Talmud forbid, it, it, was, it forbid this, taking care of animals because it involved too many steps. In other words, the Talmud said, you can't take your ox or your donkey and go water it on the Sabbath day. Jesus is saying, you hypocrite, you still water your ox and donkey. Interesting. Jesus is saying, you'll break your customs to take care of an animal that brings income to you, but will not take care of a woman who's a daughter of Abraham. Interesting. Don't let anybody keep your healing from you. Verse 17 And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So in other words, two reasons why this woman was loosed. She was a daughter of Abraham. Right? Abraham prayed for people. If you look and study the life of Abraham, Abraham prayed for people and they got healed. Abimelech's an example of that. Right? Number two, Satan had bound her, so she ought to be free. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. I'll close with this. It says, For this purpose, at the last half of this verse, 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. In other words, guys, get excited because the works of the devil are destroyed in your life. You are free, you are loosed, you are healed, so receive it. Amen?